parents, Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number 246. Zen Parenting Radio, uh, we discuss transformational wisdom, everyday challenges, and pop culture to encourage laughter, self-awareness, and empathy. Um, Our motto is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. And on today's show... We are going to talk about something we talked about a long time ago, but we think it bears repeating. And it's about when you have a traveling spouse, whether it be for vacation or for work, the reentry period. Or if you have a spouse who works a lot and then yeah, they are ha- home. Right. Because here's the thing. I actually was just, I did not read the article, so I have to be honest, but I saw an article yesterday through social networking. And the title of it is Why It's Harder When My Husband Is at Home With Us. Mm. And even though I did not read her reasoning, I can probably, because I've talked to so many moms and, you know, had my own experiences, I could probably guess what she would say. And that's what we're going to talk about. Um, So it's Friday, which means this is a no partner show. So just in case anybody owns a business out there and they want to partner with us, we have some open slots and helping us partner. Right, sweetie? Well, not only do we have partnership opportunities for the show, but remember, we've got this uh, Zen Parenting Radio Conference, and we actually already have four vendors and four sponsors. But if, you know, we're going to definitely have that all situated before uh, probably the fall. So if you're interested in that, you should probably get in touch with us. ASAP. Uh, comments at ZenParentingRadio.com is the best way to do it. Correct. So thank you for joining us. Um, so yeah, we talked about, um, you know, this. Uh, most of the things we talk about uh, have to do with our personal lives. And, you know, we usually kind of keep it, um, what's the word? Uh, I don't know. General, not specific about certain things, especially when it comes to our kids. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, we do, we do it like what they do, what everybody loves Raymond does with their kids. That you can't see them? Well, it's really not about the kids. Whereas, you know how they, like on Family Ties, they used to like try to incorporate uh, Tina Yothers. What was her name? Yothers. Tina Yothers. I don't know how to say what it. What was her name on the show? It was Jennifer. Jennifer. And, you know, she just didn't have a voice on that show. And they gave her like two lines. And it just felt awkward she every time. She had a few stories, didn't she? In the beginning, she was cute. And then she turned... Uh, not so cute. Well, it's not, the, you know, like a cute little kid, not like attractive. Kid. And that's the thing. It's not about being hot or being good enough for TV. It's that any child that is willing to be on TV when they're going through junior high, God bless them. And I know that there are some kids who can, who. I like Mallory. I know, but Mallory was already a teenager. I'm just saying I liked her. Sweetie. I know, that's, but that's you, all I'm saying. you want to be very careful on this show to not start judging women on just their appearance. Well, um, I'm not judging them. I'm simply appreciating what I see. I understand, but there's can be misconstruction. Don't take the man out of the man. Sweetie. I know, I know, and and your your point is um, is heard. It, it's just that when we start to point at women and say, "I like her, she's attractive. I don't like her, she's not attractive." Well, and the Tina Yather thing was more like she was a little kid, and then she just they never they didn't write for her very well, right? And you know what? And I see it with um, I was noticing even though he's kind of making it through, I was noticing that with Luke with Modern Family. Oh, poor Luke! Yeah, like he had to go through his teenage years, but he's he's getting through it. I mean, he looks pretty good now. Not the strongest actor on the show. Oh, you don't think so? I don't. No, I love the kid. Think right. he's funny. But just, you know, 
poor guy. He gets to do so much good stuff with Phil, though, that yes. I think he's surrounded by such good people. He is. He is. Um, so this uh, kind of came up because we did a show with uh, Bridget Schulte. That's her name? Uh-huh. And then we did like a follow-up. And it was all about the role of, you know, the CEO of the household. Correct. That was kind of the baseline. And that was a month or two ago. And then we did a show all the way back in, let me look it up here, um, zenparentingradio.com slash 143. So it was about 200 show or 100 shows ago. Um, but the uh, title of that podcast was How to Avoid the Pitfalls of a Traveling Spouse. So I think oh. we want to expand a little bit on that discussion because I know I don't know what I said on that one. I'm guessing you don't remember what you said on that one. And like we said, it's partly traveling. It's partly someone Just getting home from work. Lot. Yeah. I think that um, the language that I use a lot with Todd is the rhythm of the house. And kind of to add in the Bridget Schulte piece is that not all the time, but generally speaking, when the mom is more of the CEO of the family and has a certain rhythm of how things go. And what I have explained to Todd about me personally, I'll just speak for myself, is in our family, I tend to carry the uh, majority of the emotional energy, which means it's not just about logistics of dropping the kids off and picking them up and you know helping them with their homework and that kind of thing. It's more about whatever is going on with them emotionally. I'm very tapped into it. Part of that is because of being me, but part of it is because I just, I'm the one experiencing it with them. I'm the one present when they're arguing. I'm the one who is helping them with situations with, you know, challenging issues with friends or with school or. And so I'm carrying the emotional weight of the, of supporting. Yeah, it's kids. not just a time management thing. No, it's because it, that's the it's thing. It's an emotional management thing. That's the thing that Todd and I have to rediscuss all the time. Um, and I'll stop here for a second before I launch into that. One thing that you have to know that is really important with your significant other or your children is that conversations are not a one-time shot. They are consistent and um, often growing in depth, mm-hmm. and they can be just as challenging yeah. as the first conversation. Yeah. And I say that because Todd and I, obviously, we had a big talk last week that was really helpful, and it was hard. Um, but I was talking with a girlfriend of mine this weekend, and we were talking about that, how sometimes you're like, oh, we need to have a big talk. And that in itself is a really brave thing. Yeah. So you have the big talk and you're like, Ooh, okay. Check that off the list. Check that off the list. And it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And I think that that's where we get confused and where we say this isn't working Mm -hmm. because we're having to rediscuss this. Mm -hmm. Well, unless it's- That's the way life goes. It is. And unless it's, you know, there are sometimes where it's just blatant disregard where you can say, wow, this is not working. But just because you've had one talk about- how to re-enter after right. traveling doesn't mean that it's all integrated. It's like saying you went to a mindfulness class and, and now, now you're I'm mindful. mindful. Exactly. That's a good, that's a good example. So um, when we talked about this with Bridget Schulte, the, um, the decision I made as a result of some pretty heavy conversations between you and I uh-huh. was that I was going to, on Sunday night, ask you which day of the week I can help help be the CEO of the house. Right. Instead of help. Right. It's just you are this. I am on. Right. Right. Okay. Um, So that was that. And although we're kind of in the summer, I haven't exactly done that, but they've been kind of weird because it's summertime. But this time we've had just as intense of a conversation. It was a result of, I traveled 
with one of my daughters for about five, five days. days. Yeah. I came home. Uh, I need to reacclimate with you and my other two daughters. And you and I, girls went to bed. You and I talked for about I an don't hour, know, an hour yeah. or so. A lot about my stuff, right? Not we necessarily about trip. household stuff, but you know, I got caught up a little bit on that. Well, we reconnected emotionally, right? Pretty much. I mean, right? But there was so I thought we were kind of. I thought I was back. Mm -hmm. And then the next day we had a call regarding our Zen Parenting Radio Conference. Mm -hmm. And you were, you had a short fuse with me. Mm -hmm. And in the moment, I didn't say this, but I, I felt like, what is this all about? Like this didn't match up. Like you're really mad or you're expressing frustration and it didn't seem really balanced with what it was you were being frustrated at. And Right. Would you agree with that? Is that fair to say? Right. And yes, keep going. Okay. So then uh, we went to go see um, Inside Out that night. Yeah, that was good. And then um, I went up to bed and you walked upstairs being the brave soul, braver (laughs) and more courageous person than I and said, are we going to figure this out? Because obviously we're not in alignment right now. And, um, I said, well, I, I saw you were on your phone and I went upstairs and I was talking to Cameron and I thought we were done, but we obviously weren't done. I felt awful, but I just didn't have the guts to bring up another heavy conversation because they're taxing for me. And I know they're taxing mm-hmm. for you, mm-hmm. but we had a long until about midnight. I mean, it started at like 10. Yeah. So yeah. that was a long time. And it was basically you expressing frustration in the fact that, you know, there's all these things going on in this house and you don't know half of what's going on. And that's kind of why I'm frustrated because, you know, we talked for a little bit last night, but we're not, we're not back yet. So you're being me right now. Yes. 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 You're saying what I said. Exactly. And we're not back yet. And you were com- Absolutely correct. I didn't have the guts to have this long conversation with you. You, as you usually do, brought it up to me. And that's one of the things we actually talked about. Like, why am I, (laughs) you said, why am I always the one that has to say this? If something's not right, why am I the one that brings it up? And my answer is, I don't know. I need it's something I need to work on. Well, you, I when I came upstairs, I said, "How do you feel right now?" And you said, "I feel awful." And and so my my question is, is I'm not trying to you've got to be really careful, ladies and gentlemen, to not be condescending like you would be to a child. Yes. Like I I wouldn't be like, well, then why aren't you taking care? You know, it's not a scolding. It's a, if you feel awful, please join me. Mm -hmm. I didn't use that word, but that's, you know, please help me bring up the conversation because really what happened was you went up to put the kids to bed. I stayed downstairs because I assumed you'd come back downstairs and an hour passed. I'm like, wait a second. And I was on my phone or something like that. I'm like, why are we not? And it's not. And let me be clear. There was no fight. Mm -mm. There wasn't like we're in a fight. I said something mean. You said something mean. It wasn't surfacy. It was like Todd said, we had an we had a discussion or, you know, a misunderstanding about a work thing and we somewhat resolved it. But his question is, where's that coming from? Because here's the thing, you guys, it's rarely what it seems. Yeah. It's It's really about what you think it is. Yes. Same with kids. When they blow up and have a tantrum, it's not about the thing that It's not just about the happened. toy they just didn't get. It's about they didn't get sleep last night or there's some emotional layer underneath. Or, a you know, eight things. Yeah, right. So sometimes it's a buildup. I get a visual of like a big ball of 
energy black energy where it needs to be like a string needs to be pulled and we can mm, dismantle that's this that's a good metaphor because it doesn't i don't like the way i'm reacting either but i'm reacting from a sense of cuz the the conversation that Todd and I were having was it was about a conference call that we were having and he was very um, – he's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. I want to have a meeting, sweetie. Here's, and I want you on and I think you should be because I – and the thing that I was carrying was for the last five days or longer, I've been doing – felt at home, been doing everything, but been unable to do my own work. He's been gone, so I haven't been able to like talk to anybody about what I'm feeling. And we had some pretty thing, big things going with the girls. Like one of the girls got her teeth pulled. Yeah. They came back from camp and had a great experience, but a lot of emotions and stories. So I'm like, you know, I always give Todd the visual. If you guys, you guys can't see me, but of me holding up a lot of plates. Yeah. Um, and then for me to, you know, then finally sit down with you and you're telling me what I have to do. Mm-hmm. I want to be like, what? Yeah. And what, so getting back to the reentry, the rhythm that I think a lot of women will refer to, or I'm using the word w- rhythm is when we have a way that we run the house and our partner comes in and says, now we're going to do it this way mm-hmm. because I'm here. While I totally get why a partner would say that because they're out, they are there. So the dynamics have shifted. That has to be agreed upon, mm-hmm. not told to. Right. And a lot of times when – like I'm going to bring up a friend of mine who she says when her, when her uh, husband stays home from work or is working from home, how it's harder for her because he messes up the routine. The mojo. And how he will say, well, I'm going to take them here or I'm going to take this one to lunch or I'm going to read with this one or do they really have to go to camp today? Can they? And all of a sudden, this whole thing that you've streamlined to keep not just the for system them, going, but keep yourself sane yeah. gets messed up. And then if they get a call, mm-hmm. sorry, I got a call. Yeah, but and- I just decided to do all these things, but now you're on. Exactly. Yeah. So. It doesn't make one person right and one person wrong. It means can you see both sides? Yeah. Can you? There is nothing wrong with shifting a routine. And when someone else comes in, you have to make room for them. But when someone comes in and says, I'm going to do it my way, and then I'm going to bail whenever I want, right. it's very disruptive. And it's hard to explain because you know what gets set, what ends up being spoken hmm. is, well, let's just do the mom-dad thing. The mom feels disrupted. The dad's coming in and doing something different with the kids. Well, you always want me here, and now I'm here, and now right. you're not grateful. Right. And you're missing the whole point. Yeah. It's like the um, when you know one of our old discussions was, you know, I need support with more of the logistical stuff, and you're like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I, I, like, dis- I dictated to you what I thought you needed help with. And I was like, but wait, I like that part. Well, you told me you needed help. Yeah. It's like, but I do, but not with that. Right. And so it's a it's a very conscious and Im- conscious, and I'm saying conscious because this discussion has to be very, we have to tread very softly yeah. and not try and stomp each other out and win. Well, and what's important is you are very gentle with your words. And you never come out saying, you're not good enough. You're not this. You're more speaking in terms of these are the things that I need. Mm -hmm. You, Kathy, Mm -hmm. these are the things that I need. But having said that, even though you're so gentle with your words and you don't come out and point fingers at me and all that, the way I choose to receive this, we talked about this last night a little bit, 
is I am a human being. I was going to say I'm a man, but I'm a human being. And I think we all get defensive whenever anybody, because what you're saying, you're being very soft with your language, but the way I'm receiving it is you're not good enough. Right. Of course. You do not fulfill my expectations. If I have to bring something up with you, then just innately, just that just means automatically that you aren't good enough. Yes, exactly. When really the big shift, and I want you to expand on that, but the big shift there is why Todd and I keep saying you have to continually have discussions is quit associating discussions with some kind of failure. Yeah. Because the things I try and say to Todd are, I get you. Mm-hmm. I understand why you're doing what you're doing. I understand that you came home, we talked for an hour, and you thought, I'm done. I'm back to my phone. I'm back to going to JVI. I'm back to... I understand but let me tell you how that affects everybody. Right. And then we can make some different decisions. Right. I don't walk in and say, here's what you need to do. Here's mm-hmm. how you need to say it. I get it. But it doesn't mean that my feelings, just because I understand, doesn't mean that my feelings are not important. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Well, I'm going to stop because I want you to keep so going. So what's interesting about this is when you do say these words, and you, you like, it's worth restating, you don't say... You have to start doing this. You speak about it in terms of the things that you, Kathy, needs. But the way I receive it is so different than the way it is is shown. And maybe that's just because we're all human beings and we get defensive really fast. But what I instantly go back and think about mm-hmm. is my dad. I love my dad. Uh, but having said that, I do so many more things to support our ho- household than my dad did. So I mistakenly... In my brain, while you're talking to me, say, I say, you have no idea how good you have it. And here you are complaining about the way I go about helping this family. And I get really defensive in my brain. Right. I, you never say I it. I never say it, but these are some of the things. And it takes a while. And then finally, we get through to this point where there's like a little mini aha moment. Yes, for both of Or us. we both kind of let our guard down where I stop feeling defensive. Like, I don't know what happens. There's like some magical thing that happens. But we somehow get through that. Right. And my resolution, and, and I uh, talked about this with my therapist his name's Tom Fuller, by the way. He does an amazing practice. We actually do it on... Is he on, a therapist or is he a coach? He's a psycho-spiritual counselor. Okay. So I don't know what word you want to okay. use. I used to say coach just because I didn't want to think want people to think that I was in therapy, but I've... I Even though you've lived with a therapist for 20 well, years? Well, I no longer have this stigma. Against, like, oh, if you see a therapist, you must be crazy. And now I've, I'm, I'm more a believer than if you don't see a therapist, you're crazy. Yeah. But anyways, so I talked to him It's on the phone, but I talked to him on the phone and he gives me some deep spiritual solutions, but he also gives me very practical solutions. Like, Todd, maybe you put in your calendar, because we, we live off of our Google calendar, maybe you write in there, reconnect with Kathy on the day that you come back from a business trip. Mm-hmm. And although I have not yet done that, that was that was kind of a mini light bulb moment for me. Like I just need to put this because I know it's important to you. And we've been happily married for how many years? 13 years. Mm -hmm. And here I am still um, figuring out how to do this. Mm -hmm. It's just weird that we're always working. Like people think that we have this perfect marriage where we don't have these intense conversations where, you know, sometimes a month will go by and everything is hunky dory, but you always get your butt kicked. Well, and, but the butt kicked is very, I think that's the definition of relationship is I think that's something we maybe learned when we were little 
is if you argue with a friend or if you have a disagreement with someone, then they're not really someone you're supposed to be with. Mm-hmm. And and even the word argue, it's not like you're fighting. No, we're, yeah. What you're doing is you're saying how you see something. Because what I did in my youth and maybe just even as a young adult was whatever anyone else said, I was like, well, I better do that or I don't want to disappoint this person. Or, yeah, they treated me poorly, but I'm just going to suck it up. Or the what I hear a lot of my friends say is it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to bring it up. It's not worth it. But you guys, you have to understand that that gets embedded in you then. Yeah. That's what's going to eat you alive. That's, a- That's what's going to damage your relationship. Yeah. If you don't un, if you don't pull the string of that black cloud yeah. or that black ball of yuck, it gets stuck in you. And again, guess who you're resentful at? The person you love the most. Yeah. That's what happens with our children too. So, you know, to your point, because I hear that all the time, you and I again talked about this last night, where the significant other will say, you have no idea how my dad was. Yeah. So you're lucky that I'm this way. And what I say to Todd, and I'm not saying this in a smart, assy way, but I never intended to marry your dad. Yeah. So that was never part of the deal. Yeah. Like, why? What does that, that have has to, do with to do with it? I'm so. looking at you. I'm not looking at your dad. What are you talking about? Like, I can understand from your perspective right. how little sense that makes. Like, what? What? Where did that come from? Right. But my brain. And I think a lot of other guys or ladies' brains kind of act that way. Exactly, because that's the that is the that's what defensiveness defensiveness means. Yeah, is we hold up, we put up a wall and say, "Wait a second, yeah, I'm not going to look at that because I am doing a million times more than my father did. Mm. Therefore, I am okay. Yeah, and you are okay. But the whole everything we talk about on the show is evolving, and it's not even about changing necessarily all the time, even though we find little tools here and there. It's about talking through that situation and releasing it. Isn't that what we say to do with our kids all the time? Because I may not be completely correct. Mm -hmm. Meaning when I come up and say, I'm having an emotional experience here, that's how I see it. It's not me saying, see, I win again. Todd's wrong. Mm -hmm. There are points in time where I see what I didn't do for myself mm-hmm. or what I didn't acknowledge that Todd did. So it's not a constantly cuz the another old saying is that we're constantly trying to train our men Ugh. or our partners brutal, right? Gives me the heaps. That is not what I'm trying to do. No. If you take the word husband out of it mm-hmm. and just say this is my friend and my friend doesn't recognize how I'm feeling or it's got nothing to do with my friend, but I'm feeling this way and I need to process it with him right. or her. Then it takes all of that energy of the husband, wife, training the men, women or nags. Get rid of those stories because those stories are your anchors. They keep you from having a real conversation because you start to believe all this made up hype around well, why it's happening. Well, and you, you say conversation and that's the trick. Like I, I did explained just a few minutes ago that, you know, 13 years of marriage, it's all been pretty awesome, but there are still some moments where we are struggling and that's part of what marriage is. Um, but the one thing we don't do is we don't quote unquote argue. And what I mean by that is we don't yell at each other. And I think that's very foreign. I think most marriages out there have some yelling in there because we get lost in ego or whatever, but that is the one thing that we are pretty good at because the one thing that we do know is that we love each other. Why would I like openly yell at the person that is the most important person in my life? So that doesn't mean we don't have our challenges, but the way we quote unquote fight 
is nicer than the way a lot of other people fight. And when you use the word struggle, I think when a lot of people hear struggle, they think it's some long drawn out thing. The struggles are very short. Oh yeah. Meaning that it's not a, I'm going to sit for two weeks and be pissed. Yeah. When it, it, there's that window. It's a very small. That, and you have been brave enough and strong enough and smart enough to make sure that we clear the air or we open that window or we open that door shortly after whatever it is that's bent up or frustrating. And to your point, many other couples let that sit well, and it becomes toxic. They have to go to these extremes where, like you said, there's this huge fight and argument. You say awful things to each other and then you become really vulnerable and sad because of what you said. So that is what pushes you back together mm. and you're really apologetic and you're just in this really vulnerable place and... You know, but then you didn't take anything from it. You just learned the extremes. Yeah. You learned the heightened mm-hmm. and you learned the groveling. Yeah. And while we can do that for a while and and for some people like – you know what's interesting, Todd? Some people like high drama. Oh, yeah. They're addicted to it. Do you remember the couple in um, I Love You, Man? It's John Favreau and what's her name? Um, and they just argue and they cannot stand each other. And then they will just go to bed, mm-hmm. you know, go to bed together. I don't um, remember that. It's John Favreau and I Love You Man. Uh, um, Who else is in it? It's Paul Rudd and Jason Segel, remember? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're yeah. trying to be best friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those guys are good. So Rashida Jones's best friend is married to John Favreau because remember Paul Rudd goes to play poker with John Favreau and yeah. his friends and they're awful to him. Yeah. But they are one of those couples that they yell and they're mean. They talk about each other. They're disparaging. And then they go have sex. Yeah. And that they that's their – I don't know if you'd call that a healthy rhythm, but that's how they've learned to communicate. Right. I can't do that. That's just not something that, you know, that I don't – I don't think is sustainable over the long term. But again, take all those relationship elements out of it and it's just how you treat another human being. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like if we can just quit saying, well, I'm going to do anything I can do to stay close to my best friend because I've known her since childhood, but my husband, he's a jerk or my wife, she's a nag. What happened? Right. What was the breakdown in communication? Because they are not one thing. Maybe they are demonstrating one kind of behavior because mm. they're feeling unheard. And let me break this down. You know, if, if someone was here and they said, well, Kathy, what what is the thing that you continually go to Todd about? And it usually is about, like he said, it's, you know, it's about the rhythm of the reentry of coming back after traveling. But really it's about, do you see what I'm carrying? Mm-hmm. And can I, if you can't, be there for the emotional aspects of our children's lives when things are going on and I'm maintaining it, will you at least be present so I can share it with you? Yeah. Because if you're not, I'm holding it all up on my shoulders, making all of the emotional decisions. It's kind of like, once again, my buddy Tom Fuller, but he helped me with the, because I'm the, I am the CFO of this house. Uh So I'm in charge of the money, Mm -hmm. the budget, the credit cards. I'm in charge of all that. And it was weighing on me. Right. And, it's like the same thing. Uh, so, yeah. And so your the thing that was holding was weighing you down is the emotion of the household. The thing that was weighing me down is money worries. Right. So what I, what I decided to do with the help of my therapist was we decided to have, because you're not into money, you don't, you know, it's what I like to do. So you're like, okay, this is something that Todd can be responsible for. And I was, for the first nine, I don't know, first, 11 years of our marriage, I was kind of the one that was worrying about it the whole time. Kind of like how you're always worrying about 
lunches and teeth pulled and this feelings, feelings, everything. Connection. And so what we did was we have a money meeting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's once a month. Sometimes it's once it's a quarter or something months, like. Yeah. But it felt so good to be able to. You don't. You didn't have to do anything other than just know what's going on. And that's really that's all it. you're saying that's to exactly me. Exactly what I'm trying to say is that sometimes I walk around. I'm visualizing myself walking around this house, do, you know, I'm doing something domestic like mm-hmm. laundry, and I'm thinking about what decision do I make with her teeth, or how do I handle this when she's afraid, and what? And I'm thinking about all these things, and I realize you know nothing about these things, right. and I get angry. Probably angry is the wrong word. I get frustrated, probably like you do with money worries. Why am I carrying all this? Right. Because these are our children and your input would be helpful, not only to me, but to them. Right. And so we're kind of trying to lessen our load, not necessarily by saying, here, I'm going to delegate something to you, but will you be available so I can speak this to you? What is therapy, you guys? If you want to know the definition of therapy, I remember like one of my first classes, someone said, what is therapy and why would anyone go to a therapist? Mm -hmm. And everyone was like really quiet. Like, why do we go to a therapist? We go to a therapist so we can have time and space to express Mm -hmm. outwardly what we're feeling, experiencing, seeing, and doing. There, we don't have a lot of time in our lives where we do that. And oftentimes with people who are not therapists, maybe friends, family, spouses, we're pretending to be someone we're not. So we're not authentically speaking what we feel because we're trying to guard a relationship. My hope and what I teach with self-awareness, not only for myself but others, is can you be who you are with the people you love the most? Again, Mm -hmm. sometimes there are people you have to be more protective. Um, As Brene Brown would say, you know, share your story with someone who has – um, earned the right. Yeah. Um, but when someone has earned the right, can you take the mask off and be yourself? That's what we do in a therapist office. So what is the difference between you expressing your stuff to me and you expressing your stuff to a therapist? Like why is a therapist important and not expressing to the person that you're involved with? I have, I think it's a new level of, I'll just say, speak for myself of awareness where I did therapists, coaches, energy workers, spiritual consultants for probably 12 years. And what I learned from all that, and not to say that that will never happen for me again, but where I am now is I've learned to be that person in my everyday life. So instead of having to have an argument with you and go to them and figure (laughs) it out, I've learned they have helped me integrate the practice of going directly to you. And I'm still working on it. And and you know what, Todd? I may have a time, you know, I mean, just a few years ago, three years ago, I said, I got to go find a therapist yeah. again. I, there's never a time- Where you're done. Where you're done. And, I, and I'm and i not so naive to think, oh, I'm I'm over that. Just right now. Right now, you're, you're right now, in a place where you don't need it. I don't because you know what the blessing of our life is? Mm-hmm. Not just my life, but our life. I get to teach this. Mm-hmm. I get to- read about it daily. I get to watch things. I get to work with people. So I get to, and these are choices, but yoga and meditate. I do things every day that I, that's, if someone said, you know, why do you feel blessed besides the love I feel from my family and just being alive, man, I get to live the, the discovery of peace and I get to teach that. So that keeps me focused too, is if I was if I was going to work in an office every day and doing something I didn't enjoy and then coming home, I may not have the the quality of mind yeah. to be able to 
do these things. Absolutely. Just, so I'm I'm aware of the big picture. I think. no no, and I just wanted you to explain is because sometimes if you do see a therapist, it's not best to share what you would share with your therapist with the with your partner. Not always. You know no. that there is mm-hmm. some. There's some there's some stuff to work through yeah. initially. There's definitely things that are not for you. Right. And even today, I can say because you know I was with Manisha this weekend. Manisha and I talk through things that I don't need to talk through with right. you. Not because they're secret. Right. I mean, there'd be nothing that if you were a fly in the room that I'd be embarrassed about. Right. But it's not for you. It's you said secret, it's sweetie. Not, <laughs> I had to do it. It's not Mr. Roboto. I want to give my. Uh, my therapist a plug. Are you okay with that? Of course. TomFullerCounseling.com. And this is what it says on his website. As a psycho-spiritual therapist, I work with people on the cusp of change who want to bring the depths of who they are into their parenting, their partnering, their work life, and all their relationships. So I've been working with him for geez, two or three years and he's awesome. And he's on the phone. You don't have to go anywhere. So TomFullerCounseling.com. That's great. Um, what do you think? We're 32 minutes in. Well, I feel like we'll, let's wrap this up and let's do something that's a little lighter. Let's um, put a bow on it. Let's put a bow on it. And the bow is, is that I think the, the vital points here are number one, conversations are continuous and ongoing and you don't have to make a conversation. Don't let that, don't make that as a sign that something is overall inherently wrong. Yeah. Like Todd said, we can go months sometimes and not have a deep talk, but then we can go for a month and have four deep talks. Yeah. You have to meet yourself where you are. Instead of saying it should be this way, meet yourself where you are. Well, and the one sign of growth that I have for myself is that I now know that I'm not done. Like I'm not, oh, I'm so glad. Now I know how Ooh, to get back. Yeah. Because even on the Bridget Schulte podcast that we did a month or two ago, we even said like, we're, we're going to, something's going to come up again. Like you never yes. have it figured out. And I used to think I had it figured out. But that's what we want. And that's what we're taught through these educational methods of you're going to master something. Mm-hmm. And we do master things and we move on to the next level. But that doesn't mean we don't have to go back down the stairs and figure something out again. Yeah. Like it's not about mastery and then for, and that's, that's where I struggle with words like, when people say, oh, you're a parenting expert. Mm-hmm. Well, I do have a lot of information and yeah. I know I can help you. Yeah. But expert is some definition like you so know everything. So do you everything. prefer a guru? <laughs> I do not like that yeah, word like, either. Like guru is like the worst. Guru is the worst. Word. And then expert's probably a notch below that. So yes. what is your word? You're a um, consultant? Well, no. Coach? I, I think. Helper? I I mean, the professional words, I'm a therapist, I'm a coach, I'm a friend, I'm a um, podcast host. Like, these are the things I do, and I know I can help you, Mm -hmm. meaning that not I know I can help you like I have the right answer for you, but I can help you find your right answer because I don't have the right answer. Correct. I can get you there, but... I, it's, you're doing it. Yeah. The person I'm talking to is doing the work. I am facilitating yeah. that process. Yeah. So point being, it doesn't matter. That was a total tangent, but is that if we quit being afraid of the conversation and recognizing that the conversation is how we stay alive mm-hmm. and vital and connected, then we've just figured out something that a lot of people fight their whole lives. And this is not just about you and I, our children, when we say, I told my child to put their shoes on yesterday and they're not putting their shoes on today, mm-hmm. guess what? They need another conversation. That's right. This is not... Yeah, they don't get it. They didn't get it Just yet. like we don't get it. 
Just because you read about it or heard it doesn't mean it's completely integrated. And the reason they're not putting on their shoes may be because you need another conversation, mm. which is quit yelling at me down the stairs. Do you see what I mean? I do. It's const- and, and a conversation, the, the piece that Todd and I use that I highly recommend once you get through the muck and your is use humor at mm. the end. And yeah. let's be a little lighter. Like sometimes I say things to Todd – like he just said to me in the car yesterday, I said to him, because he didn't shower yesterday, and I said, No. Nope. I go, God, you smell like sweat. That's right. Dang and right. It, his first thing was, is, are you trying to criticize me or are you just telling me? I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm just telling you. And you're like, well, yeah, I didn't shower. And you're like not angry at me. Do you know how many people would be just like... Sweetie, then I told you my story. Which was what? Well, on my birthday, I had a fun time with my friends, and then we went to this... Uh, bar that had a dance club and we played pickleball and we were sweaty from the day and we never showered. Yeah. And we went out and we had no intention to go dancing. We had an intention to go have fun at a bar. And then I got a little stupid and I went upstairs and I started dancing with some random ladies. Uh And my, I don't even know what I looked like, but I'm sure I stunk pretty bad. And I just love being a guy. (laughs) Because how many girls would do that? They go work out and then decide to go dancing. Yeah. Is there a lot of people out there that would do that? Well, here's the thing, Todd. Like, think about this from a guy perspective. If a girl worked out and she was sweaty and her makeup was off and she was all dirty and then she went out, guys would look at her like she wasn't good enough. I think girls look more attractive walking into a yoga class than they do going into a fancy dinner. Because they have spaghetti hair. Yeah, because they have spaghetti hair. Spaghetti hair is a quote from Brady Bunch, and Alice is doing the commercial for that laundry soap. And I call it spaghetti hair. And girls, like, what did you look like on your wedding day? What, what did your hair look like? Like me. I didn't dress up very much on my wedding day. And <laughs> and did you do that? I mean, I, I didn't, like, say, hey, you must do this. I did but- that because I knew that that's what you would like. And when I say that, I don't mean I disregarded myself. Yeah. I mean that what I knew is that... I want to look at a picture and feel like that was me. Yeah. And Todd, and it was funny because right before I went out uh, to walk down the aisle, I had a few girlfriends say, you don't have enough lipstick on. You Mm -hmm. don't have, they were kind of, and I said, don't. Mm -hmm. I I just, it's just me. Yeah. I don't want to look on my wedding day. And there's nothing wrong for those of you who like did dolled up. It just wasn't your deal. Don't worry about it. I'm not criticizing that at all. I'm just saying for me, Todd prefers... I'm me. very glad that you didn't go yes. spaghetti hair or crazy makeup on yes. me. Yes, and that is something important to you and I. Yes. And then what was our song, sweetie? Our song when we danced was Just the Way You Are um, by Billy Joel. And and it's funny that we even chose that song because... It's not funny at all. It's when you awesome. think about the words. Well, not funny, haha, but interesting. Like a clown? <laughs> it's interesting because... The words are very uh, – it set a nice tone for Our us. marriage. Yeah. Darn right. Because it's who we were when we were dating. But, you know, it, it became you don't have to change for me. That's you right. You just need to – I just want to accept you for who Sweetie, you are. what movie? Don't go changing just to please me. That would be Billy Hicks. Yeah. St. Elmo's Fire. I took the good times. We danced to this. Mm-hmm. We had a dancing. We learned how to dance. And I remember my mom like screaming like it was a surprise to the audience. She said, oh, Tony. And we had a little dance routine. Yeah. And Emily was our teacher. Yes. We went there every Thursday night. To the a- dance studio on Irving Park in Chicago. What was that place I think Emily's still there. I don't know. 
Probably not. E-M-I-L-E-E. Emily. Yeah, what's up with that? But anyways, it was an, I, I was an awesome dancer that night. So were you, sweetie. But I forgot to say thank you to you. <laughs> you want to tell that story? It's funny. So, and again, talk about just, you know, kind of making your way. So at our wedding, we danced, whatever. And you know how you give a speech and, you know, you thank your family, of course, and everything. Well, Todd ended up getting the microphone and I think you, I didn't speak. I think I spoke at the rehearsal. You did. So you, you spoke at the wedding and he's like, he was talking to, he spent like five minutes talking about his dad mm-hmm. and how his dad was his best friend and Shocking. how he's so thankful for his dad. And a lot of that was for your dad. And da, 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 and he didn't even mention me. Well, what was funny is I like thanked my dad, my mom, my family and all that. <laughs> and then, and then I handed the mic over to the DJ guy and I'm like, oh wait. And I, and I got the mic back and I said, and I just want to say thank you to all my friends. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's my defense. Okay. I felt like I was giving the speech on both of our behalves. Correct. Even though I wasn't. Right. But that's where my brain was. Right. Like. I feel like we're both, we're right next to each other. We're giving this speech to our guests. Right, like we were unified. Unified. Right? Even though I wasn't part of the dad Correct. Speech. That was for you. Right, yeah, uh-huh. it doesn't make sense. Doesn't There's make no sense, logic. Right. So anyways. Well, and, and why it was funny is because, again, because Todd and I are, are good friends, I don't know if I said it that night or the next day, but I was like, hey, uh, thanks for the shout-out yeah. in our um, right. speech. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you didn't even mention your wife. Yeah. And you you always say to me, but you already know that. Yeah, I know. And that was the beginning of our discussion about I'm a words person, yeah. and I like to – you don't need to like be all like – bring me flowers and stuff, but it's okay. I like to hear, I'm so glad that we got married. I'm yeah. not like, oh, I don't need that. Yeah. I do. Yeah. And I don't need it every day, but at my wedding. That uh, would be nice to hear. <laughs> um, let's save this until okay. next next All right. show. All right. Um, so this is words of wisdom time. All right. Well, I think that um, I'll say it for a third time is that don't allow conversations to scare you into thinking that that uh, that there's a problem. Instead, look at the conversation as what keeps your relationships vital with your spouse, with your children. Um, make it a regular occurrence rather than, oh, I hope I can avoid that. Mm-hmm. Because the avoiding is what gets the pent-up stuff you don't want. And I'm going to say keep trucking and buy Kathy's books on our website and look up uh, zenparentingradio.com. We've got our conference websites hooked it's, up it's, sometime it's, soon. It will be hooked up sometime You're soon. You're going to be able to register for uh, the conference. Yeah, and see the website. But it's building over time. We need a little time. Um, we'll get in there. And give us an iTunes review if you feel like it. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. Have a good one. Have a great weekend. Thank you.